Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. You know, Matt, you're a lucky man. I say that because Why? I say that because you uh you uh you, you're you're a young fella on the uh, on the rise. Hmm. <laughs> you got your whole life ahead of you. Allegedly. Yeah, well, you're a young fella on the rise. Uh you know, we talked before about how expensive it is to date in Seattle. I don't know your 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 significant other was in town. Hope you guys had a great weekend together this long holiday weekend. We did. It was it was pretty awesome. It was I I am in that regard a lucky man. You are. Yes. You are. You got the you got a job you love. The boss appreciates and respects what you do. You're valued here. I know that personally. Have you seen my paychecks? <laughs> uh, it's not all about the amount of money. I guess it brings me to my point, though. It really does. I'm glad. You know, none of us, none of us are making enough. It's funny. We we're talking this morning. I was talking with G this morning, and you know, people work forty hours a week and can't afford to live in this city. We really can't. And we talked about how Seattle is one of the most expensive cities in which to date. I imagine you guys this weekend, it's tough to, you know, have, having somebody come to town, you want to show them a great time. You know, you want to you want to make sure you see the sights and go to a nice meal. Yeah, it is challenging to lead a full and rounded life. Like I always I always tell people, they're like, you live in Seattle, that's so awesome. And I'm like, yeah, but the challenge is with your economics to get to enjoy the things that make right. the city special. Now, a lot of it is you can walk out, get great views, just enjoy yeah, being outdoors, yeah. which is stuff I enjoy. Yeah. But... By and large, you know, to fully appreciate a city with the rich di- cultural diversity that is Seattle, you got to have some disposable income to make the most of it. You really do to enjoy, like you said, enjoy the amenities the city has to offer. It's nice to, you know, even riding out to the mountains out of outside the, you know, the foothills of the of the Cascades. That takes a few a few gallons of gas, and that day's, you know, at that point, you might as well go see a movie. Because you're still twenty bucks in just to drive to, out to the the pass and back, and you know you don't have to do things that cost money to have fun. But like you said, a lot of the things in this town that you want to show off, enjoy the uh, the the amenities, find a nice restaurant, maybe see a live show. Heaven forbid. Everything in the city has gotten so expensive, and I know your rent is probably more than you want to pay. It is in this town matter where you are and you, you you live close to the station so you can be available cut down the cost of having to commute that's smart smart move right there you know you don't even have to worry about babysitting and seattle is the you know seattle's the second most expensive city in america on average to hire a babysitter well not to pull back the curtain here too much but i did know that because i'm the one that sent you the story i know i know so yes actually i mean that, it's 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 everything about this town I, I was amazed to see the national average. First off, I have been grossly insulting our babysitter. Grossly. And not that I've had a babysitter in forever. Our daughter, our youngest, is now 19. So long beyond babysitting years. Have to ask, though, since you have a pet, do you do the pet sitting thing? That's what I was about to bring up. That's exactly right. We have a young fellow across the street that we have pet sit for us. And I don't know that... You know, pet sitting is, is – if pet sitting is on a par with babysitting as far as the rate, who oh, am I beating this kid up? I'm bending this poor kid over. Apparently in Seattle, it's uh, between 2130 and 2460 an hour 
to, to hire a babysitter. An hourly rate for babysitting is over 20 bucks an hour. The national average is $20.57 to $22.68 an hour. I had no idea. Like I said, it's been a while since we need to babysit with our little one at home. Our little one's 19 and off for her first year at college. But the puppy, the puppy, we got to have the puppy cared for. And I, I owe the kid across the street a few bucks. It's, it's a great town if you can afford to enjoy it. And all of these people who say, well, if you can't afford it, just don't live here. I like to remind them that there is a support system involved in all of the wealth and high-paying jobs in this city. For all of those people, they need the service industry to undergird their lives so that they can go and make buku bucks coding. So you want people to live and be able to live in reasonable dis- distance to Seattle and be able to on a lower income because you need those people to make so many other things work. I've said it a million times. Sure, you can afford to go out to dinner in Seattle. Who's going to bring the meal to, to your table? Who's going to do the dishes in the kitchen? Make sure you got a clean plate to eat off of. Those people, like Matt just said, can't afford to live in this town. We are pricing the service industry out of its own city. Who's who's going to want to move out to the county? Move out to you know Linwood, Everett, Issaquah, wherever it might be, south of the city, Burien, or further, and commute into work to be for a service job that that we won't pay even a living wage to do that. It's not it's not going to happen. The, the story came up this morning because two of the country's three highest paid CEOs in the country are right here in Seattle. Number one and number three. Peter Kern of Expedia, the highest paid CEO in America. And Andrew Jazzy, Jassy of, uh, of Amazon. He's number three. Peter Kern makes $296 million a year at Expedia. And Andrew Jassy at Amazon makes $212.7 million a year. That's 5,000 times the mean income of the average Amazon employee. Repeat that, please. How many times? 5,000. Over 5,000 times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He makes more by 10 a.m. than some people, than the average employee makes in a year. In a year. He's one of these guys, it's a waste of time to lean down and pick up that dollar. It's, it's not worth his time. And I don't begrudge these guys the money they make. I really don't. You have to pay CEOs top dollar or they'll work for your competition. That's the market deciding what talent is worth. Right. But I get that. 5,000 I'm, I'm with you, times. buddy. I know. It's, an, it's, 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 not, it's infuriating. He it's can not just invest insulting. his income for one year and live the rest of his life off of it. Right. And I, I said to the chef this morning, that's annually? Every year? This guy makes, the guy from Expedia makes a, a third of a billion dollars a year, every year. I get that you want to make sure Expedia is the industry leader. This guy could probably go get a job at Kayak or any other Hotwire or any other travel website group. Probably not Priceline, though. They might be a bit low after might the pay be, for all yeah, those Shatner ads. Yeah, well, and now Kaylee, what's her name, Kuko? Yeah, she's making tons. You know, I guess it's, it's just insulting the division of wealth. Where your employees, you know, the employees at Amazon, the employees at Expedia, most of them can't afford to live in the city where they work while they're while they're 
CEO makes 5,000 times what they make 5,000 times. And this isn't about envy or greed or begrudging people a healthy living or even a fortune. What it's about is without labor, you don't have that money. Without people delivering the stuff and, you know, doing the deliveries and packing the boxes and the shipments and all, Amazon doesn't have a business. Well, it's, and it's, you're exactly right. And it's, it's a story as old as time. It's great to be the pharaoh, but without all the slaves, you got a big pile of rocks sitting there and no pyramids, right? So what that makes the employers the slaves in this scenario if you're not paying attention. I mean, folks who can't afford to, to, to when you can't pay a living wage, how do you justify a CEO that's making $296 million a year? Well, here's a bigger question. How does the CEO justify it? Because you would think if there was something within, and I'm not trying to cast judgment here. I'm just asking psychologically, how do you get to a point where you look at that and know that and go, oh, that's okay and I'm perfectly good with this versus wanting to affect some change for your employees? Because I like to think, and maybe I'm wrong because I'm a flawed human being, surprisingly. We all are. But... I would like to think that if I got to a point in my life of immense wealth and immense power and privilege, I would look back and go, you know what? As I age, I don't need all 296 million when my workers are struggling. Exactly. That's humanity. where where, Where does that leave? Or was it never there? How does that get filtered out of a person's conscience and soul? You know, I don't want my kids to have to work, I guess, is the argument you try to make, right? I'm doing this for my for the future generations of my family. When you're making a third of a billion dollars a year, you're, the next 20 generations aren't going to have to work. I mean, you're, you're not, your kids are set up, hell. A hundred years from now, your kids are, your great, great, great grandkids are set up. When's enough's enough? We had a story last week about uh, uh, Jonathan Jaso, I believe his name was, Major League Baseball player, okay? The guy who caught Felix Hernandez's perfect game 12 years ago. Last time there's been a perfect game in the majors. So at the age of 27, and I think it's Jonathan Jasso, if I remember the name correctly, um, he was playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates and came to the end of a contract and him says, what are you doing in the offseason? What are you going to do? You know, what you, or, or, what you, what's your future? You're look, you had a good year. You're likely to make, you know, between four to six million dollars a year next year. Sign a couple year contract worth another eight to 12 million bucks. He walked away from the game at 27. He bought a sailboat and lives in the Caribbean. He said, just, you know, enough is enough. I've got enough. He made like 17 million dollars during his playing career. I think a nine year major league career wasn't a superstar. I mean the way the, the way athletes make money these days. Oh my gosh! But this guy had seven put seventeen million bucks aside and said, "You know what? I, he bought a sailboat, was living in St. Petersburg, Florida during the off season. Was out sailing one day and said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done.' And uh, he said he was out. Uh, he, he sailed, uh, you know, a few a few day trips out into the Gulf and realized, hey, this is all I want to do. I'm happy." So one day he was out cleaning his boat and realized, something's, what am I missing? Something's, I'm forgetting something. Oh, yeah. I'm usually at spring training right now. I'm usually, you know, running laps. I'm usually shagging grounders or whatever. You know, He played catcher for a while, had a couple concussions, had to move to first base. Shagging has a different meaning in America. That's for It sure. really does. It really does. 
I mean, here's a guy who saw that enough was enough and chose quality of life over just grabbing more and more and more money. Why can't, why can't CEOs do that? You know, and this disparity of wealth, the wealth gap is one of the main things wrong with our country. As CEO pay has increased by the hundredfold, and not just, not just these guys that we're, we're pointing the finger at. Across the board, CEO pay has increased hundreds times over since the 70s, whereas uh, with the rate of inflation and comparing those dollars to today's dollars, worker pay has stayed flat. You know, housing has 500% increase since the 70s. College, a 500% increase since the 70s. But, but pay has stayed the same for the middle class. That's why we've got this incredible wealth gap. That's why folks are living with higher anxiety, living paycheck to paycheck. And people misunderstand when you use the term wealth gap. We are not saying that everyone in the quote unquote working class should be making Andy Jassy money. No, no, what no. What we're no. saying is the disparity of the 5,000. Let me say that again 5,000 yeah. percent. Yeah. That's exactly what we're saying. You know, I think G had a G had a great point. We're talking about these two CEOs today. If I'm making five thousand times what the average employee of my company makes, I can afford to make sure that the average employee in my company can work a forty hour a week job and have one income, make enough to take care of that family, not have both mom and dad work, so the kids never get to have a parent at home. We're always bemoaning the death of the nuclear family. I was going to say, it's all about the family values, right? Well, it's right. really hard to hold a family together when everybody is burning it at both ends and can still barely provide what their children need. And, and what's the number one cause of uh, marital discord? Finances. Absolutely. It ain't this waitress. It ain't this the secretary. It's finances. The number one cause of divorce in this country. Stress and anxiety due to finances. Increased mental health issues. Seriously. Children, children without p- parental supervision getting access to weapons, robbing pot shops, stealing cars. I mean, you know, it might make you take a look at things and go, maybe we should make it to where there's more work-life balance in this country. And, and people always say, well, you just got to work harder. Got to work harder. That's not that's not the answer. There are a heck of a lot of people who are working their tails off and not, still making, not it. making it. That's right. That's that's the fact. We have these stereotypes and we have these generalizations we make about folks who are struggling that they're somehow lazy. It, this is the same that would drive me nuts over the student debt, student loan debt relief. People that would say, "Well, I paid mine. Why should these kids get a break? Why should why should me as a taxpayer have to fork over some of my hard-earned money to help people who took took out student loans and then aren't paying them back because that's not really, you know, a true representation of the situation. As I mentioned, you know, student loans have increased or student, uh, the cost of education increased 500% or more in the last generation. Let me tell you something. If you're going to ask that question about forgiveness or reduction of student loan debt, ask that question about all of that Pentagon spending they have yet to audit. Oh my gosh. Was it three out of every $10? They have no idea where it is. Right, over a trillion and a third. Just we can't. We don't know. We don't know where it went. We don't know. Now, it just drives me nuts when somebody says, "Well, I paid my student loan back." Well, your student loan for four years was fifteen thousand bucks. That's a quarter these days. That's a, sc- a quarter at school, fifteen thousand bucks. So, if give these kids the same education you got for the same price you got, we won't have to help them out. 
normally charge them 200 grand for four-year education, they're going to need some help or they're going to be buried in debt and the economy goes nowhere. Make a little love. Get down tonight. Huh, good God. It's Kyra Knights. I'm Spike Neal along with Matt Butler. You're making good sense tonight, Matt. Making good sense, buddy. I'll be right back after these. Hey, Lisa. You, you yeah. got, can I ask you something? Sure. That last story about Starbucks, mm-hmm. extra virgin olive oil in the shots. Mm-hmm. What is the benefit of the extra virgin olive oil? Oh, olive, it's a part of a Mediterranean diet. It's is supposedly it? good for your heart okay. and all that stuff. Okay. I mean, it's just like salmon has good fats. Uh, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But come on. That's got to taste. I can't Scott, imagine what that yeah. tastes and like. It does, doesn't it separate from everything yes, in the drink? Yes, that's a good point. I wonder. Oh. And did that guy order an octo shot? Somebody was really wanting their caffeine. Is that eight shots? Of, can, can they sell someone eight shots of caffeine in one you're cup? you're willing to pay for it, yeah. That's just, wow. Yeah. I, I feel better. <laughs> I do, because I drink a lot of coffee, especially when we get here in, after work in the morning shift, which I love doing. And, and and working with you guys here at night, it tend to be a long day of you know yeah. thinking on your feet. So I have a little I have a little coffee during the mm-hmm. show, but eight shots. Yeah. How does your do you have to put on a chest plate so your heart doesn't <laughs> leap out of your chest at that point? You're spinning. You're you're I mean, elevated off the ground. You are seriously. You're like a rabbit being chased by a mini bike. You know I've always heard that if you if you feel like your kids are brats, and you're doing a bad job as a parent, watch Super Nanny. See what real brats look like, mm-hmm. right? If you think your house is a mess, watch a couple episodes of Hoarders. You'll feel better about the way your house looks. If you think you're getting too much caffeine, that last guy ordered an olive oil smoothie with H with an octo shot. <sighs> it's all relative, isn't it? It's all it's all about rel- it's all relative. I'm glad they're not my relatives. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So there's two stories, Matt. I want to. I'm not sure which one to cover. I'll let you pick, my friend. I'll let you pick. The fact that 13% of Americans over 50, are addicted to processed foods or what Deion Sanders said about who he recruits for his football team. He's the new head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes of the Pac-12. Which should we go with? Deion Sanders' statements or that Americans are addicted to processed foods? Well, I think we already knew the first story, so let's go with Deion Sanders. Yeah, that's fair. You're right. You're right. There, there's a shocker. We love processed foods in America. I'm surprised it's only 13%. Actually, I thought it would be a lot higher. So here's Deion Sanders, newly minted coach of the Colorado Buffaloes, the rising star of college football coaches. You know, Deion Sanders, prime time. Deion Sanders came out of Florida State University, uh, a phenomenon, a phenomenon. Deion played for the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Braves at the same time. Deion would literally, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer in the NFL. I don't know if he's a baseball Hall of Famer. I don't think that he is. I know he's a Hall of Famer. In the NFL, Dion would literally jump on a plane and go from game to game. He and Bo Jackson, I think, were the only two pro sport dual players playing both sports simultaneously. I know Michael Jordan fooled around with minor league baseball, but Dion Sanders and Bo Jackson excelled at the major league level in both sports. And Dion had tremendous success. I think it was Jackson State, where he was uh, his first head coaching job. And did extremely well. He got hired as the new coach of the Colorado Buffaloes of the Pac-12. Prime time. And a prime time was giving an interview. And I heard he did this too. Somebody texted him earlier today that he had said the exact same thing a couple weeks ago 
on a different radio show. Well, Dion was at the Super Bowl as he is, you know, he's a he's a media star. He's not just a successful football coach, a Hall of Fame professional athlete. He's a media star. People cares. He's charismatic. He's he's good. He's on with uh, oh, whose show was he on? Oh, uh, Rich Eisen. He was on Rich Eisen, and they have like what they call you know media row at these pro, at, at the Super Bowl. Same kind of things are at most of the big events like the Grammys or the Oscars, whatnot. You have like table after table after table of various media pe- figures and the uh, the celebrities and stars of that field, whether it's music or acting or sports, come by and do interviews at your various tables in media row. And Dion is on with Rich Eisen at the uh, Super Bowl, and he said. He's talking about who he recruits for his team. And he said something that kind of floored me a little bit. Uh, G G brought to my attention this morning. I I couldn't believe he said this. He said, well, we have different attributes. Smart, tough, fast, disciplined with character. Now, Now, quarterbacks are different, he said. We want mother, father, dual parents. We want a kid to be a 3.5 GPA and up because he's got to be smart. No, no bad decisions off the field at all because he's got to be a leader of men. He said, we want look for the similar attributes in offensive linemen. He wants a, a GPA of 3.3. But he said, when it comes to defensive linemen, here's where it gets crazy. With defensive linemen, it's a whole different set. I want single mamas. I want him trying to get it. He's got to be on free lunch. I'm talking about just trying to make it. He's going to try to rescue mama. Like mama barely made the flight. I want him to just go get it. And I'm thinking, wow. So Dion wants, uh, I get it. There are different mindsets for different type of athletes on a football team. I understand that. An offensive lineman has to be protective, intelligent, a quarterback's got to be smart, disciplined, well-grounded, a leader of men, no bad decisions off the field. But for a defensive lineman, he wants a different breed. Single mama, free lunch, just trying to make it, trying to rescue mama. Like mama barely made the flight. I just want him to just go get it. I can't imagine... And I can't imagine a white coach saying he only wants quarterbacks from dual parent households. No single moms for my quarterbacks. I want guys who never made a bad decision off the field, a leader of men. For my for my defensive players, my defensive linemen, I want just angry, hungry. Got to, you know, got to go get it. Got to rescue mama. Uh, I can't. I can't imagine that coming out of Nick Saban's mouth at Alabama, without there being some major blowback. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely off base on this. Maybe Deion Sanders is is spot on. Maybe I'm reading something into it that's not there. I don't know. I do know that Deion Sanders, the new coach at uh, University of Colorado has his son uh, slated to be the starting quarterback. Problem here is Dion's son 
had a single mama. Dion's son, Dion was divorced twice. His son, who's going to be the starting quarterback at Colorado, didn't have a dual parent home. I wonder if he's got a 3.5 GPA. I wonder if Dion's saying one thing and living another. I, I worry about coaches that are bigger than the program. I mean, it's one thing for a coach to take the spotlight away from the players so that's not on them. Focus on me. Don't worry about them. Let them do their jobs. But Dion is prime time and bigger than life. It seems to me the really smart coaches don't make the story about them. They take the heat when they have to. They draw attention away from their players so their players aren't you know, blinded by the media light, the spotlight of collegiate athletics. I worry about Prime, though, man. That's, this is, I, was, I was shocked when I heard this. I couldn't believe he'd said that. He wants quarterbacks from dual-parent homes. 3.5 GPA, smart, no off-field trouble, leader of men. Defensive lineman, single mama, hungry, free lunch. Go get it. Got to go save mama. I mean, is, is, is that what's, what it takes to be a good defensive lineman? Is that, that crazed hunger, that out of control? Am I reading this wrong? Am I putting words in Dion's mouth that he didn't put enough words in his mouth already? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe Dion didn't do anything wrong. Maybe he didn't say anything wrong at all. I don't know, man. That just that just struck me as a little bit odd. Especially when his own son came from a broken home. Maybe how does a kid from a single mom kid not have the you don't even recruit these guys for quarterback? It just seems like a real antiquated mindset. You gotta have a, a nice stable home, two parents. You know, pearl necklace, white picket fence, Dion, how much you want for your quarterback? But we were just discussing, rather, we were just discussing how quality of life and parenting in a time and availability matter. I'm with you. So by that token, even if inartfully said, one could argue that he is simply picking up on something psychologically that is possibly true in many instances. No, that's a fair point. And a, and a defensive player has a different mentality to play football than an offensive player. It, it's true. You're, you're, you're right. Maybe, I am, maybe I'm reading way too much into it. Maybe I'm putting trouble where there's no trouble to be had. I mean, it's said in a way that people won't want to hear it. Yeah. And it's yeah. inartful. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes the things that are said or the things that are broad brush true make people uncomfortable. Yeah. Was Dion just keeping it a hundred, as G likes to say? Keeping it a buck. Keeping it a buck. Possibly. Possibly. Hey, I learn. I learn every day here. I learn every day. Well, as the great Barry Champlain said, this program is about saying the things that have got to be said. Yeah, well put. It's Cairo Nights. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the things you had to say on the text line. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. 
Yes, indeed it is. Off special beat service. Nice! Oh, I love this guy. Wow. So we started tonight talking about the state of the city and Mayor Harrell's state of the city statement. He said the state of the city is strong. Texas says a strong stench of urine. <laughs> I couldn't disagree with you for a lot, of, a lot of places downtown. Oh, When Texas says, how come every municipality immediately outside of Seattle has zero homeless encampments? How come downtown Bellevue is gleaming? I highly doubt it's While downtown zero. Seattle is, is just dystopian. Uh, yeah, again, we're speaking of hyperbole here. All cities suffer from, you know, some of their citizens need help to make it. Talked about having President's Day off yesterday. I remember when President's Day was alternated between President Washington and President Lincoln to celebrate their birthdays. It was initially Washington's birthday. Then it was President's Day for Lincoln and Washington. Then it was made a celebration of all presidents. And as I said last night, even the ones you don't like, I think all presidents are worthy of our respect and a, a day of acknowledgement for doing what has to be the toughest job on the face of the earth. Even the ones you don't like. 36, so wild horses couldn't drag me back into Seattle for business or pleasure. Well, I, I, I hope, I hope, 360, that you give Seattle a chance. Like we were saying earlier, I think Mayor, Mayor Harrell sees the, the potential of his city. He sees that we have the resources and we're making a strong comeback. I wouldn't want to bail on the city. It's, it's worth so much more than to give up. I, I truly believe that. Let me see here. Uh, Dennis, the mayor is still talking. Yes, we played some of the mayor. You guys are doing a great job. Love the perspectives and optimism from the 360. Thank you very much. 253 says, Joe isn't transitioning us to green. He's transitioning us to dead. Hey, all opinions are welcome here. I get it. Everyone is transitioning to dead. We don't need help. (laughs) Jeez. And if they bury you in the roots of a tree, you can be dead and green at the same time. Right? See, it's all about it's all about compromise. Bumber shoot, listener says, not bumper. Bumber shoot. I may have misspoke, but I know it's bumber shoot. Talk about bumber shoot. Come back after three year hiatus. Oh, I'm looking so looking forward to a return to live music Labor Day weekend at the Seattle Center. Bumber shoot. Two five three says I saw Steve Ray Vaughan at bumper shoot in '85, and it was free. Oh, what a day! Barbara says the best bite of Seattle ever was at Green Lake. You could watch the little hydros run around. All the restaurants would show up. Oh, yeah. Talk about the cost of babysitting in Seattle. Seattle's the second highest cost of babysitting in America. And uh, Luca in Eastlake says, if you're entrusting your, a stranger to the safety of your kid, I would think that you'd pay more for someone rather than be frugal. And, and you're right. We're just saying it's tough to, tough to entertain anybody in this town. Whether it's the cost of restaurants or movies or gasoline to go out and see the, the foothills outside of town, the county, or getting a babysitter to stay with your little monster while you go out and enjoy yourself for a change. It's just expense to live here was our point. James says it's not the landlord's fault. Excuse me, I'm, I misquote. James says it's the landlord's fault, not the CEO. Hmm. The more humans make, the more landlords raise the rent. And we should cap rent. I'm with you. I'm with you on a rent cap. But if a CEO is paying employees, you know, $140,000 start with to move here from other parts of the country, he's also contributing to the rising cost of rent. 
And as Matt said earlier, if you're reaping the benefits of living in the city of Seattle and having your company here, you should be kicking in to help the city survive and thrive so that a workforce can afford to live in the city it works in and works for. We're pricing the service industry completely out of town. Who's going to take a, a you know a, a light rail or a bus or drive their car into town so they can work for just enough money to drive home again? It's not a life. And plus, why do we want an economy or a city that is ruled by corporate fiat where every time you try to hold them accountable for something, they go, well, we don't like that. We're going to take our ball and go home. Well, as much as I agree with you and hate that mentality, that's kind of the world we live in these days. Same thing with sports teams, right? Unless you build me a stadium, I'll take my team and move it somewhere else. We see it all the time because there's a, a limited number of businesses. There's a limited number of successful businesses, and you want them in your city, so you have to make some concessions. But a good partnership between a business and a city is what really is the answer. And that means that both parties give a little, not that the business or the corporation takes and And takes takes and and takes. takes. I couldn't agree with you more, my friend. (sighs) Yep. Thank you, Luca. Much love to you, too. Oh, the three six doses. What about single parent families that are the fathers or households where there are two parents, but neither of them do a good job raising their kid? And we're talking about Deion Sanders' comments that he wants quarterbacks from dual family homes or dual parent homes, defensive linemen he wants from single mom homes. I think like Matt put it best, there are always going to be exceptions and outliers. You can't generalize like that about people. That's where we get into trouble. Been a great night here, folks. We appreciate you being part of the show. Cairo Nights, I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. We hope you'll be here to join us. Have a good evening.